And it just doesn't seem that the government uh, uh, does what it could do. It doesn't have the commitment it could and should have uh, to addressing these religious uh, freedom violations. Hello, and welcome to the USERF Spotlight Podcast, a podcast series by the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each episode, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, but we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here. Welcome to Use of Spotlight. I'm Elizabeth Cassidy, Director of Research and Policy at the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Today, we're going to discuss the U.S. State Department's latest designations of Countries of Particular Concern, or CPCs. The Secretary of State made these designations on December 29, 2023, and the State Department announced them on January 4th of this year. CPC designations are made under the International Religious Freedom Act of 1998, or IRFA. They are for countries whose governments engage in or tolerate particularly severe violations of religious freedom. This means systematic, ongoing, and egregious violations of this fundamental human right. One of USERF's functions is to make recommendations to the State Department about which countries we think should be designated as CPCs based on our independent research and analysis. Every year, we await the State Department's announcements of its religious freedom designations to assess how they match up with USERF's recommendations. In its 2023 designations, the State Department redesignated as CPCs the 12 countries it had designated in 2022. These are Burma, China, Cuba, Eritrea, Iran, Nicaragua, North Korea, Pakistan, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Tajikistan, and Turkmenistan. USERF recommended CPC designation for all 12 of these in our 2023 annual report in April. However, we also recommended five other countries for CPC status, Afghanistan, India, Nigeria, Syria, and Vietnam. In this episode, we're gonna delve more deeply into the countries USERF recommended for CPC status that the State Department didn't designate. We'll discuss why USERF believes they should be CPCs and what policy steps we think the US government should take in response to their religious freedom violations. To answer these questions, I'm pleased to have with us USERF's chair and vice chair, Abraham Cooper and Frederick Davey. Chair Cooper and Vice Chair Davey, welcome to USERF Spotlight. Thank you, it's good to be here. Thank you, Elizabeth. Let's start with India. USERF has recommended that India should be designated as a CPC since 2020, but the State Department has never designated it as such. Chair Cooper, could you please highlight the issues in India that have led to USERF CPC recommendation and also touch on what steps USERF would like to see the US government take relating to religious freedom concerns in that country? Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, India is an important strategic uh, ally and in relationship with the United States and historically also uh, has been home to many different faiths coexisting next to each other. But uh, today, the country's trajectory on religious freedom under the Hindu nationalist government of Prime Minister Narendra Modi 
and his BJP party is alarming. The Indian government's increasing repression of religious freedom is something that the United States government did no longer ignore. In 2023, the Indian government continued to use discriminatory legislation like the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act and anti-conversion laws to systematically crack down on religious minorities, on journalists reporting on their situations, and activists speaking on their behalf. Indian authorities also failed to, inter to quickly intervene to quell ongoing violence in Manipur, resulting in the loss of life and in the destruction of 249 churches, two synagogues, and widespread displacement of some 70,000 people. In addition, the Indian government increased its transnational targeting of religious minorities, including allegations of involvement in the killing and attempted killing of Sikh activists in Canada and the United States. These violations are well documented in the State Department's own reporting on India, and therefore, in our view, under the law, CPC determinations, which must be based on facts and without consideration of a foreign government's potential negative reaction, to being named a CPC. We believe that the violations in India clearly merit CPT status for India. In addition, Yusuf recommends that the US government impose targeted financial sanctions and visa bans on specific Indian officials implicated in the most egregious abuses. USERF will also continue to press the United States, State Department, Congress, and the administration to place a higher priority on religious freedom concerns within bilateral and multilateral diplomacy relating to India. Thank you so much, Chair Cooper. Let's turn next to Nigeria. Vice Chair Davey, you traveled to Nigeria for USERF in 2022. Could you please speak a little bit about the conditions that you saw that justify USERF's CPC recommendation and the other policy recommendations that USERF has made on Nigeria? Elizabeth, thank you. And let me say at the outset, um, no fewer than six commissioners of USERF currently uh, have traveled to Nigeria in various capacities, including our chair, uh, Rabbi Cooper, uh, I'll ask him uh, in a second if he will uh, talk about uh, his experience there uh, as well. Uh, but let me just say uh, at the outset that um, Nigeria um, has uh, been a country that USERF has recommended for CPC uh, status or designation every, every year since 2009. And in 2020, the State Department did indeed name Nigeria CPC after having placed it on the special watch list, which is a lower level designation in 2019. However, after 2020, both 2021, 2022, and now 2023, the State Department has not included Nigeria 
uh, as a CPC or an SWL country. And we find the lack of any designation of Nigeria to be inexplicable. Um, uh, we have discussed it internally. We have looked at the, the, the information, uh, both uh, coming from the State Department, uh, our own research, our own visits to the country, and we simply can't understand um, uh, the, the State Department's reasoning or rationale for not applying any designation whatsoever to, to Nigeria. You have both st state and non-state actors there that commit widespread, egregious religious violations. Um, when I landed there back in June of 2022, uh, a group of young bandits uh, uh, raided a church, killed church members uh, on the very day that our delegation got there. The country was swirling with the killing, the stoning uh, of a young woman who uh, had converted and had been accused, uh, converted from Islam to Christianity and had been accused of, of uh, blaspheming the Prophet Muhammad. She was a student at a school and she was stoned to death at that university. Uh, December 24 and 23rd and 24th of 2023, government attacked more than a dozen predominantly Christian communities in Nigeria in the North Central Plateau State. And at least 190 people were killed, including a Baptist minister and his family during the Christmas uh, season this past year. Uh, these are just some uh, recent uh, examples of the horrific um, violations of freedom of religion uh, or belief in Nigeria. And over a decade, you know, designated terror groups, terrorist groups from uh, Fulani militants um, uh, and other non-state actors have carried out nearly weekly violent assaults on churches and their congregations. Uh, this type of pervasive violence has destroyed over 17,000 churches, has dis displaced over 3 million uh, people internally in, in northeastern Nigeria, and has created over 300,000 registered refugee refugees in the late Lake Chad region. Um, and it do, just doesn't seem that the government uh, uh, does what it could do. It doesn't have the commitment it could and should have uh, to addressing these religious uh, freedom violations. Um, and thus the country, uh, the, you know, the evidence is overwhelming to deem the country a country of particular concern or, or CPC. The government not only tolerates these abuses, but it also from time to time has, has, has been implicated in, in them as well, directly implicated in them. Um, so the Nigerian government has long tolerated this widespread violence. It fails to provide security to at-risk communities. It does not investigate incidents and punish perpetrators. And in addition to uh, state actors themselves perpetrating these violations, as we said, through uh, they 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 also perpetrate them through the enforcement of blasphemy laws. Finally, they fail to protect uh, individuals accused of blasphemy. Uh, from mob, mob violence. So all these conditions, which as I said before, the State Department has also documented, fully justify CPC status. 
In addition, USERF would like to see the State Department appoint a special envoy for Nigeria and the Lake Chad Basin and to provide high-level attention to these issues. We also believe the U.S. Congress should request a Government Accountability Office investigation or audit into the effectiveness of U.S. assistance to Nigeria in achieving religious freedom objectives. I'll turn now to uh, Chair Cooper, uh, who I know has been there, has written a book on Nigeria, um, and 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 has a lot of experience in in these uh, religious violations that that uh, that have uh, unfolded in Nigeria over the decades. Chair Cooper, for, uh, uh, floor is yours for your comments. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair. Um, uh, actually, I first learned about the situation in Nigeria about six years ago when on behalf of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, I attended USERF hearings uh, on Capitol Hill and heard the pleas of uh, a number of uh, Christian clergy who were pleading for the American people and especially the American government to intervene. And uh, probably about a year later, I traveled to Nigeria together with another former uh, commissioner uh, of, uh, of USERF, uh, Johnny Moore. And we um, spent a week in the capital and debriefed about 100 survivors of mostly Islamist uh, violent, deadly attacks. Uh, the youngest uh, person we interviewed was a, was a nine-year-old girl who lost her family, saw them murdered before uh, her eyes. Um, the feeling over there and since is um, slow motion genocide. Uh, we have tremendous frustration, uh, frankly, that American diplomats uh, have chosen uh, to eliminate or turn a blind eye to the religious aspect of uh, a component of these violent uh, attacks. I believe it was wrong then uh, and it's wrong now. And um, just recently, uh, Elizabeth and uh, Fred, we were all together uh, at an hour-long meeting with Secretary of State Lincoln to meet our commission. And we probably spent more time from our end pressing on Nigeria because it's a beautiful country. The people are vital. When you look at it, it's got freedom of press. It has democratic institutions. And yet, every single year, the week before, Christmas and the week before Easter, when there's a lot of travel going on, you have more shootings, more murders, more kidnappings, uh, and uh, there's a well-armed and trained uh, army, police. The bottom line is they're not protecting religious minorities, and uh, this uh, government is endangering the fundamentals of society, but also uh, hurting uh, and I think uh, making it in some places nearly impossible for people to simply go to their house of worship on a Sunday and come home without worrying about being attacked uh, or violated. So um, I think as uh, USERF goes forward, uh, Nigeria will be near the top of our list, and not least of which because Nigeria is an ally uh, it's the most important uh, African country in the, in that part of uh, of the world, and it's a relationship 
we don't want to lose or end, but we need to change. And Chair, and let me just uh, thank you, Chair Cooper. And let me just say, right, right, uh, hot off the press, as I sit here, and you know, in this uh, technological age we live in, we get information uh, coming to us fairly instantaneously. Um, I just see that uh, you mentioned Secretary Blinken in our meeting with him that he's headed to Nigeria soon, and our own uh, moral voice, as 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 you referred to him, uh, the former congressman and now Commissioner Frank Wolf, um, you know, is proposing that we engage the the secretary uh, before he makes his trip to Nigeria, and I think that's in keeping with you, sir's responsibility and mission as mandated by Congress. So I'm sure we'll find a way to engage Secretary Blinken before he takes that trip. Amen to that. Thank you so much to both of you for sharing um, your concerns about the alarming alarming conditions in, in Nigeria. Let's turn now to Vietnam. In its 2022 and 2023 sets of designations, the State Department placed Vietnam on its special watch list. Yusuf really appreciated this recognition of the severity of religious freedom violations in Vietnam by the U.S. government, but we still assess uh, the country as meeting the CPC standard um, and not just placement on the special watch list. Chair Cooper, could you briefly discuss Yusuf's findings and recommendations on Vietnam and then um, Vice Chair Davey as well, if you also want to um, chime in with some thoughts based on the, the trip to um, Vietnam that you were a part of last year? Thank you, Elizabeth, and um, and Vice Chair. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, Fred has already uh, elevated our understanding of the trends within Vietnam, uh, having recently returned from an official visit there on behalf of USERF. Uh, USERF's recommended Vietnam as a CPC every year since 2002, and including in our 2023 annual report. To be clear, we do recognize that Vietnam has made some important advances over the years, which we have delineated in our reporting. Nonetheless, the Vietnamese government continues to both commit and tolerate particularly severe religious freedom violations. USERF, led by our vice chair, most recently visited Vietnam in June of 2023. In 2023, Vietnam continued to target ethnic and religious minorities. Authorities supplant minority languages with Vietnamese in worship services, appoint the religious leaders, regulate religious education. The state also continues to seize houses of worship and private property belonging to independent religious communities and to give seized properties to state-controlled religious entities. Another major concern is the repressive 2018 law on belief and religion and the government's haphazard implementation of this law. It actually requires religious organizations to register and get permission for their activities and provides the legal justification for state management of religious life throughout the country. In addition to a CPC designation, USERF would like to see the US government to hold Vietnam accountable for its religious freedom violations at the UN Human Rights Council, uh, of which the US is currently a member. The US should also press Vietnam 
to allow the UN Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Religion or Belief to visit the country. Vice Chair, can you give us a, a deeper understanding of what's actually going on in Vietnam? Thank you, Chair Cooper. Vietnam was a very, the visit was a very interesting visit for me. I'd actually been there before. It's interesting to go back in a an official capacity. Let me start by saying um, it was real clear uh, from the outset of the visit. We uh, we had a number of meetings with officials of the Vietnamese government that they are very concerned about how they are viewed with regard to freedom of religion or belief um, around the world, and especially uh, in their uh, bilateral relationships, uh, bi bilateral relationship with the U.S. Um, so that was that was somewhat you know, encouraging. But what we found and what we heard was less encouraging, uh, if not much less. Um, there were complaints by several different religious groups related to the government's requirement that they register um, in order to meet uh, in any in any capacity. And yet the government often made it difficult for them to register, uh, even when they wanted to. And of course, those who didn't were surveilled, arrested, had their uh, places of gathering shut down, um, et cetera. I asked a government official directly, which religious group in Vietnam poses the greatest national security risk? And the response I got was, None of these groups pose any real significant national security risk. What I come to understand, at least in part, is that a lot of the practices of pressing uh, religious communities in Vietnam is rooted in a history of relationship with those communities that does not that bears little resemblance to who these communities are today, religious communities are today, what they're doing and how they are integrating themselves into the full life of Vietnam. I think Vietnam has to be careful that it doesn't follow the China model, that it chooses, and of course we know in China, religious oppression is um, egregious, uh, systemic, uh, and ongoing uh, in, 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 in ways that are shocking to 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 the to anyone who cares anything about uh, fundamental human rights and religious freedom, and Vietnam has to be careful that it doesn't go down that same road, that it doesn't follow the China model, and so USERF uh, can further fulfill its mission by both encouraging the U.S. government to engage Vietnam around issues of freedom of religion and, or belief in our bilateral and multilateral relationships with them. And USERF, when given the opportunity, can engage those officials and others in Vietnam directly about securing freedom of religion or belief in that country. Um, and until then, um, until there is more fundamental change, the designation of country of particular concern, we believe um, is an important designation for Vietnam to have. Thank you, Reverend uh, Davey, and uh, not only for the insights in Vietnam, but for your 
uh, sage advice on many of the frontline issues we could uh, try to confront and change uh, globally. Uh, back to you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, both of you, for, for your um, thoughts uh, on, on Vietnam. I want to turn quickly to the last two of the five countries um, that you sort of recommended for CPC, but the State Department didn't designate, which are Afghanistan and Syria. Um, although it, the State Department didn't designate either as a CPC, it did designate the Taliban as an entity of particular concern, or EPC, a designation for non-state actors. Vice Chair Davey, in the brief time we have left, could you please touch on USERF's concerns and recommendations on both Afghanistan and Syria? Sure, absolutely, and and thanks again. Um, USERF recommended CPC designation for Afghanistan in both 2022 and 2023, following the Taliban's takeover in August of 2021. And we understand that the United States has refrained from recognizing the Taliban as the legitimate government of Afghanistan with some sound reasons for doing so. Now, nevertheless, we feel that limiting the group's designation, um, the Taliban to an EPC, an entity of particular concern, does not reflect the reality that is that it is the de, the de facto government of the country and is perpetrating severe violations of religious freedom and other, and other rights. And we would also note that the State Department again designated Burma as a CPC in 2023, despite the US not recognizing Burma's military junta as a legitimate government since it seized power in a coup in February 2021. So if the State Department can designate Burma a CPC while not recognizing its military junta as a legitimate government, it can do the same for Afghanistan while not recognizing the Taliban as the legitimate government of Afghanistan. In addition, religious freedom in Afghanistan significantly declined in 2023. Uh, Taliban authorities continued to enforce a strict interpretation of Sharia, violating freedom of religion or belief for Afghans adhering to different, a different interpretation of Islam and violating freedom of religion or belief for members of other religious minority groups. The Taliban continued to enforce and expand dozens of edicts and decrees restricting people's movement, dress, employment, and education. Now, these policies disproportionately impact religious minorities um, and particularly disproportionately impact women and girls. We have seen uh, what has happened uh, to women and girls who were flourishing, uh, uh, at least having uh, more opportunities under the previous government and under Taliban in the name of religion. They are now uh, severely uh, oppressing uh, religion and girls in, in Afghanistan. Now, in addition to Afghanistan, USERF has recommended that the State Department expand the existing priority category for refugee resettlement for Afghans to explicitly include Afghan religious minorities at extreme risk of persecution. Simply put, USERP is recommending that uh, the priority category for refugee resettlement be made explicit to include religious minorities who are at risk of being persecuted in, in Afghanistan. And if the State Department does do, not do that itself, then USERF calls on Congress 
to do so by law. So that is why USERF believes that an EPC designation just for the Taliban is not sufficient for Afghanistan and why it should be designated itself a CPC or a country of particular concern. As for Syria, in its 2023 designations, the State Department did not designate, did designate the Islamist militant group Hayat Tahrir al-Shim or HTS as an entity of particular concern. And we agree with this designation. But in addition, the Syrian government continued its systematic co-opting of Sunni Muslims' religious authority and used lethal force to stamp out protests from members of the Druze religious community. We are all con also concerned by violations by other non-state groups. Turkish supported Syrian opposition groups or TSOs, targeted vulnerable religious minorities, especially Yazidis for assassination, kidnapping or ransom, and confiscate and the confiscation of property and desecration of cemeteries and places of worship. So these TSOs, they, they, they kidnap, confiscate property, desecrate cemeteries and other places of worship. Although ISIS no longer uh, held territory, it continued to engage um, in religiously justified in religiously justified killings and, and extortions. Beyond the CPC and EPC designations, USERF has called for targeted human rights sanctions on Syrian officials, on HTS principles, and on the leadership of TSOs. We also continue to urge the United States to support the autonomous administration of North and East Syria, which is a, which is a self-governing um, arrangement for that area um, of the country. So these are reasons why USERF believes that Afghanistan should be designated a CPC um, as well as Syria. And although it is important to recognize the Taliban and it, its abuses, it is still the de facto government of, of, uh, of Afghanistan. Um, and as important as it is to recognize the um, non-state actors in Syria, the Syrian government also continues to perpetrate its own atrocities against various religious groups uh, in that country. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Vice Chair Davey. Um, we'll have to leave it right there for today. That is the end of our time. Um, so I want to thanks sincerely Chair Abe Cooper and Vice Chair Fred Davey for joining us today to share their thoughts on um, this year's State Department CPC designations, and in particular the five countries that um, USERF recommended but the State Department did not designate as CPCs. You can find USERF's recent reporting and recommendations on these and other countries on our website at www.usurf.gov. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on USERF Spotlight.